We're finishing up our summer series, week 11 on Disciple. So uh, we're going to be done with the Disciple series, uh, finishing it up today. What we've been talking about all summer is uh, is the fact that there are a lot of people who will call themselves Christians, but there aren't as many people who will call themselves disciples. And the truth is, in the Scriptures, there's no difference between a Christian and a disciple. The disciples are called Christians. And so it's just disciples that are called Christians. There aren't two groups. And so if you want to belong in the group of Christians, you need to belong in the group of disciples. And so we've been talking about what does it mean to be a disciple? How does that work? You know, And uh, we talked about four different categories to try to understand how this goes. Uh, category number one is a disciple, and this is a person who follows the ways of God. Disciples follow the ways of God. Then we talked about church culture. And these are people that follow the ways of man. Now, church culture can be neutral, it can be negative, uh, but it can be positive. But generally speaking, I'm talking about the neutral stuff. So, for example, I'm wearing jeans today on Sunday morning, and they're hip. They got My wife says these are whiskers on them. See that? She says you got to wear the cool jeans because they got whiskers on them. That's a big deal. Apparently, that's what they tell me. Uh, I just do a Fashion-wise, I do what my wife says. Uh, you know... Guys, if you're if you haven't learned that lesson yet, just let her dress you. It'll be perfectly fine. Uh, so I'm wearing the jeans. Next week is the first Sunday of the month. It's Communion Sunday. I always wear a tie and get dressed up on the first Sunday of the month. Which one's better? <laughs> Depends on your perspective. There's a reason why I do both. I wear jeans to make people feel comfortable coming to church. I always used to dress like a bum, and so it was kind of neat for me to dress up. It was like a special thing. Dressing like a bum wasn't a special thing. Getting dressed up was a special thing. So I'd like to come to church all dressed up. Um, but then I noticed that the jean the people got nervous. If I wear a tie, you know, like almost all the time, the jean people were acting fidgety. And I thought, well, I need to make them feel comfortable, so I'll wear jeans too. And then they're like, oh, it is okay. He says it's okay to wear jeans, but he's wearing jeans. I guess it is okay. So great. So anyway, does God see past the clothes that we're wearing? Absolutely. It's perfectly fine to wear jeans. It's perfectly fine to get all dressed up. Um, if you're sending a message with what you're doing, then that message needs to be an of God message. But uh, overall, the clothes we wear, it's just a culture thing. It doesn't really matter. Now, we don't want to fight over culture, right? We don't want to. We don't want to say, "Oh, well, the robe-wearing people there." Oh. No, that's fine too. That's just culture. Let's not get mad at people for stuff that's just cult church culture. And then it gets into the fourth category. The third category we talked about was itching ears. Itching ears. This is not the ways of God or the ways of men, but the ways of preference. And people oftentimes are attracted to their preferences, right? That's only natural. But the problem comes when we substitute the ways of God for the, the ways that we like. When we prefer a particular thing. This is about people shopping for doctrine that they like the best. You know, like for example, the dude wears jeans, so he probably doesn't care about my lifestyle. You know, I probably can rob people and he won't mind. Because he wears jeans, he's hip and cool. Is that the case? No, you still don't get to steal from people. Ways of God. You know, you, you don't get to change the the morality of the faith 
because you want to. You know, at different ages, there's different things that you want. You know, like when you're in college, there's certain rules you want to bend and break. When you've got little kids, there's other rules you want to bend and break. When you're 60, there's other rules you want to bend and break. Um, the ones that you're having trouble with are the ones you need to deal with. It doesn't matter what age group you're in. Um, so, that's the ways of preference. We don't want to be stuck there, do we? We want to grab hold of the eternal truths of God, not hear what our itching ears want to hear. And I don't think people want that anyway. I was, I was talking to Corey about this. People want to know the truth, right? You guys want to know the truth, don't you? You don't want me guessing what you want to hear and then telling you that. That's just icky. That's useless. I'm going to tell you what's in the Scriptures. That's the truth. I think people want to know that. We're going to find that out. And then, there's the ferocious wolves. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Why would Jesus warn us to watch out for false prophets? Because there are false prophets. There are bad spiritual leaders who will lead you into bad places. Um, so you have to watch out for that. You have to be aware of that. You need to evaluate. Is Pastor Mike up in the front? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? You need to figure that out. You need to discern that for yourself. Don't just, well, he's standing up front. He must be right. Well, lots of people stand up front in things and they're not right. So we need to find the ways of God. Church culture, you know, take it or leave it, but don't get hung up on it. Itching ears, we need to hear the hard truth, find out what the truth really is. You know what? It's good anyway. And then the wolf thing. Uh, we've got to watch out for those ferocious wolves. And we've got to make sure we're not ferocious wolves. If the thing in you is growling, I mean, have you ever felt that in your heart? You're like, oh! If the thing in you is growling, are you a sheep or a wolf? You know? You could end up being a wolf, not realizing it. You know? So uh, get that thing in you to stop growling. Very important. Alright, so we've covered lots of stuff through this whole thing. Now we've uh, we've talked about the different code of conduct. Do you believe there's a different code of conduct for the believer than there is for that same person before they were a believer? Different code of conduct, absolutely. We've talked about moral character. We've talked about spiritual disciplines. Last week we talked about baptism and keeping the Sabbath. And... Uh, and Man, I learned a lot about that Sabbath deal. Did you, did you guys enjoy that? I, man, it made a difference for me, i got to tell you. Um, Jesus didn't break the Sabbath. He fulfilled the Sabbath. And he, he took the religious culture. He broke that. But he brought us into the fullness of the Sabbath, which is a time of letting go of all the things of this world and having rest and renewal in the presence of God. We need that. All of us need that. We need to be able to just let it all go and have rest and renewal in the presence of God. Corporately, individually, we need to set time aside and it needs to be sacred and holy. We shouldn't let other things come in and mess that up. But what Jesus broke was the, the, the cultural Sabbath, which had become a draining, legalistic, religious hassle. It's not about keeping a draining, legalistic, religious hassle. 
He broke that and brought us into the fullness of it, which is how it was intended for us, to benefit us, to strengthen us. A time where we let go of everything else, focus on the Lord, rest in Him, and are renewed in Him. We're doing that right now. Letting the rest of the stuff go. Spending some time with God. All right. This week, we're going to talk about service to the Lord. Bearing fruit for God's kingdom. So let's pray. We'll get into some new material this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. I thank you for your kindness. Again, I thank you that you don't leave us down here just to wander around do the best we can, but you guide us by your spirit. You guide us by your word. Lord, bless us today. Guide us. Show us how to be disciples. Lord, not people with itching ears, not people hung up on culture, and certainly not people that have that growl on the inside. Lord, help us to catch up and get close to you, Lord, and be able to walk in your ways. Bless our time now. Show us what you've got for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Service to God, bearing fruit for God's kingdom. The evidence that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ is not in what you believe or what you say you believe, but it's in the difference that you make. It's not in what you believe, the evidence. Isn't it good to have kids in church? Amen. I've told them this before. Well, I have a microphone, I will win, but... Uh, I'm sure the people right next to you are uh, thankful there. But uh, if we're going to have kids in church, there's going to be noises. Amen? Do you want to have teenagers in church? Stuff's going to get broken. (laughs) Understand what you're asking for. Do do we want to honor our senior citizens at church? Yeah, then we need 60 grand for an elevator. Okay? That's just, that's how that goes. Understand what you're asking for. I'm glad to have kids making noise in church. It's better than the alternative. Amen? I'm, 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 I'm okay with things getting broken. <laughs> but I'm working on that. I, the, the baby crying makes me happy. The broken thing, I'm still not, it doesn't make me happy. But I'm glad that there's kids. <laughs> oh, mind renewal is coming. Praise God. All right. I just distracted myself. All right, we're serving God. The evidence that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ is not in what you believe, but in the difference that you make. The evidence, the thing that that shows it to other people, it's not in the thoughts that you think. It's in the difference that you make. That's the evidence to the outside world. Now, this topic of... Bearing fruit for the kingdom of God is primarily for the maturing Christian. Uh, if you've been a Christian for, for, you know, 15 minutes in the middle of the song service and gave your heart to Christ, um, there's certain things you can do for the kingdom right now, but it's kind of limited. You can tell people, man, God touched me and I, I feel different. I'm changed. That's good. That's a testifying. That's making a difference for the Lord. But are you going to next week fill auditoriums as an evangelist? You know, no, you're not going to. That's that's going to take some time of development and growth and taking steps and that sort of thing. So, so bearing fruit for the kingdom isn't something that you should feel uh, pressured about instantaneously, right? It should be something that we grow into that that happens. Um, it's harvest time. I got I got cauliflower like this, man. 
is awesome. I'm super happy. I got cabbage like that, and a deer has been eating one of them. And I'm like, right in town, Washington Avenue, deer eating my cabbage. You know what's going on? But if I'd have tried to eat cauliflower in the middle of June, how would that have worked out? Got to leave some time for that to happen. It's the same thing with fruit in the kingdom. Got to leave some time. So be connected to the vine. We'll cover that. Time will produce that fruit. But there are some things that we have to do in order to facilitate that. So let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we will look at some things that Jesus had to say about bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. 15.1, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Oh my goodness. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So he's cutting off branches. Does that sound good? Where are these branches that are getting cut off? He cuts off every branch in me. In who? Who's talking? Christ is talking. Every branch in Christ. He cuts off every branch in Christ that bears no fruit. That's rather severe. That's, isn't that quite severe? So we should get a good handle on this because we don't want to end up on the wrong side of this deal. We need to get a good handle on it. And again, Jesus also said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Was he lying when he said that? No. This is not primarily about heroic effort that could be involved depending on the situation that you're in. This is primarily abiding in the vine and letting the fruit grow, not disconnecting. It's primarily what this is about. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. You like pruning? Pruning is how we get better. Pruning can be tough. One of my favorite examples of pruning was uh, when I was a young man in preacher school. Most of my stuff I did uh, distance learning, but I did take one class on preaching. And they, they videotape you preaching. You know? And uh, you got to watch yourself. And then they they played it in fast forward, you know, so you can learn what your mannerisms are. And he and I was this guy, you know, and I'm like, I am never doing that again. It was embarrassing, but it was a it was a great pruning thing, a great pruning thing. I still remember it to this day. Just try to act act natural. It's cruel to do that to young people that are trying to serve the Lord but helpful. He prunes. So that's godly. He prunes so that they will be even more fruitful. Go to verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So what he's saying is, hey, you're forgiven. Don't worry about that. Now we're going to deal with making a difference. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Who's in control of this situation? If we're going to abide in the vine, is the vine going to run away from us? Is Jesus going to take off on us? No. If we remain in Him, He'll remain in us. We're the ones in control of that. We can back away. Have you had your spiritual ups and downs? Whose fault were the downs? That's that's on us. We need to be willing to take responsibility for that and realize if we remain, He will remain. He will never leave us or forsake us. So, 
Whatever we're going through, when we cling to Him, when we stay connected, instead of pulling back from God, we dive in and have faith for His good plan, He will never leave us. Now here's something important. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. This little sentence set me free. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. I grew up in North Dakota, and in North Dakota you take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't need other people's help. You're self-sufficient. You make it work. And so when I got saved, I brought that mentality with me. And I thought to myself, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He's touched my life and brought me into His kingdom. I'm not going to trouble Him for anything else. I'll just serve Him now. But I'm not going to I'm not going to bother Him. <laughs> and that created a problem because instead of connecting with God and seeking God and and abiding in the vine, I kind of went off on my own and tried to serve God by myself. It doesn't work. It's a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of nothing. No branch can bear fruit by itself, so quit trying. You don't even have to worry about bearing fruit by yourself. Abide in the vine. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. So there's the fulfillment of that promise that we read in the previous verse. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Hallelujah. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the power comes from God. The fruit bearing comes from God. We just stay connected with God and it works out. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire, and burned. Do we need to look up the Greek words to figure out that this is a bad thing? No. This is bad. Avoid it. So remain. Have you ever been tempted to disengage from God? The promise comes when we remain. We stay connected. Verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. Isn't that a promise? Isn't that a promise? Now, ask whatever you wish. This has to do with our fruit bearing. This doesn't have to do with feeding our greed. Right? This has to do with bearing fruit. Can we ask for the addition to get built? Absolutely. I think that fits into this category. Um, I said I said to the first service, how about my Mercedes E63? You know, Oh, come on, 500 horsepower, make it happen. I'm ready, AMG, come on. Can I believe God for my Mercedes? You can believe God for a good car, and if you're a certain type of person in a certain area, believe God for Mercedes, that's perfectly fine. For me, you know, I got me a Toyota, and it's running good, and I'm happy. I would love a Mercedes, maybe the day will come. I'll give you a ride. If I get me that E63, I'll give you a ride that'll get you, turn you into a praying person. You know, get you close to the Lord. I got me a new ministry. Is this bearing fruit? I might have found a loophole. Uh oh. Mary's shaking her head. I time to, time to rein it back in. I'm going to rein it back in. 
Okay. I'm in trouble. All right. I'm looking at the scriptures. Here we go. Whatever you ask, whatever you wish. Now, seriously, we are equipped by the living God to do what He calls us to do. We are equipped. Hallelujah for that. We need to ask. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The evidence that we are disciples is that we bear much fruit. The evidence that we are disciples to this world is the difference we make. It's not what we think. It's not what we believe. It's not what's going on inside here. It's the difference we make out there. That's the evidence. What's the problem? Remember I asked you guys that a few weeks ago? What's the problem? Who can who can remember some of those things that were put out there? What's the problem? Who, not rhetorical. Go ahead, throw something out. What's the problem? Us. Wow, you good Scandinavian. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah. What what other problems are there besides us? <laughs> How about I heard somebody say something. The world, the sinful world, that's a problem. I got a few on my list. How about uh, people are lost, separated from God, and going to hell? Is that a problem? That's a problem. How about people live bound lives? They're bound by any number of things. Poverty, sickness. Uh, they're bound by just sin and the enemy. They can be bound by oppression. There's all kinds of things that bind people. That's, that's a problem. Confusion and ignorance blind people, bind people. Somebody should help out with that. How about this one? Here's a problem. Many believers are floundering in their faith. That's a problem. We're more than conquerors. We shouldn't be flounderers. We should be overcomers. And so, if we're going to solve these problems, what is the answer? I submit the answer to all of these problems is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the answer to poverty. The kingdom of God is the answer to people needing health care. The kingdom of God is the answer to people stealing and they're just being evil in the world, darkness in the world. If they all got saved and got good at following Jesus, better than us since we're part of the problem ourselves, if they got good at following Jesus, we could go to church with them, get reinvigorated and excited, then, man, that would solve the problem. We have to get good at being Christians. We have to be the kingdom of God. It solves the problem. Let's read Matthew 25, 31-46. I'm going to read through this quickly. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him. So, so what's the situation here? This is the last day. This is it. This is like what we're all waiting for. He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another. Do you know that day is coming? Separate the people one from another. That means individually. Separate it out. Coming in groups, getting pushed individually. 
He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Hallelujah. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Again, bad, bad deal. Let's avoid this. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I... Jesus is taking something personally here. What is it that he's taking personally? I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So on this day when Jesus comes, all the angels and the people are gathered, what's the theology test going to be for the people to be a sheep or a goat? How high of a score are you going to have to get on your, uh, on your essay discussing the difference between Calvinism and Armenianism? How good are you going to have to do? This is applied theology. What did you do? What difference did you make? In the days and the years that you had, what difference did you make because you knew the truths of God? That's the test. What did you do? What difference did you make? This is not complicated stuff. Feeding people, giving people something to drink. Now, I think there's a symbolism there too. I mean, you can feed in more ways than giving somebody food, right? There's, there's symbolism there. But we will have to face the Lord not on the ideas in our brain and our ability to conform to church culture theology. We will stand before the living God on what difference did we make. So we got our four categories. Disciple. The disciple bears fruit. The disciple makes a difference for the kingdom of God. Is mowing the lawn at the church making a difference for the kingdom of God? Yes. Is smiling at somebody you don't know and talking to them at church bearing fruit for the kingdom of God? Yes. There's lots of ways to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Church culture. I go to church 
seminars, whatever, church growth seminars, they talk about getting meat in the seats and all that stuff and how do you do that. And uh, um, you can get into a church culture where they say nice things about how Jesus loves you, but there's there's nothing about service. That's dangerous. That culture's dangerous. They're meaning to help you, but they're not telling you the full truth. You've got to give your life to Christ and serve the living God, bear fruit for the kingdom, because that's going to be what's on the text. Did you smile at somebody, or were you too busy dealing with your own self? Itching ears. <laughs> Itching ears, they eat the fruit that other people produce, but they don't make any themselves. They'll come to church if it's good enough. They'll eat the fruit. Because they, they need to get fed, you know. They're not going to produce any fruit. And wolves, of course, bear bad fruit. We don't want that. I'm going to invite the prayer team forward. We're going to close here. i got one more concept for you. Let's, let's look at this from a positive perspective. Because you read stuff about fire and all this, you know, like, oof, it can get kind of heavy. But, you know, there's an incredible opportunity. The reason why... The living God is so strong on this is because we can make a difference. We actually can. The, it, the opportunity is there. We just have to take it. What difference can we make? I got I got some stuff written down here. Let's look at the opportunity. If we had a thousand people coming to church, we could rebuild the Bible College in Jamaica. Wouldn't that be something? You saw me as a 19-year-old, poverty-stricken Jamaican Bible student. You built my college back. If we had 300 people, we could build the addition. I'm believing for that. If we had 200 people who could worship unhindered, the glory of God would fall. If we had 100 people who could effectively share their faith, we'd see revival. If we had 50 people who engaged new visitors, the love of God would be here in abundance. If we had 15 small group leaders with 15 apprentices, then no one who walks through the doors of the church would ever have to be lonely again. If we had three church planters or campus pastors that rose up out of our group, I believe we could change the face of rural ministry in America. All we have to do is do it and everybody else will copy it. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, let's make a difference. We can. We abide and abide and the fruit will come. I'm going to close in prayer. We've got the prayer team here. If you would like individual prayer, if you can feel in your heart, man, I need, I need some prayer. This isn't over for me. The prayer team is here. They'll pray with you. If you don't know quite what it means to have your sins forgiven and walk with God in newness of life and, and have all that shame and all that yuck taken off, Come, let them pray with you. They'll bring you in. If you know there's 
some fruit-bearing you should be doing and you're not doing. Come pray with them. They'll help you. They'll believe for you to get to that place, for that fertilizing to happen, for that strengthening from God to happen, that you can bear fruit. Whatever other need you may have, doesn't matter. Just come on down and receive some prayer. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for, for this day, for our time together. I thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you, Lord, that we can make a difference. That we're not just pawns on this earth watching things happen. But we can make a difference and you have called us to make that difference. Would help us each one not to be overburdened, but carry the proper burden that you have for us. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light. It's not about doing the work of a thousand people. It's about a thousand people doing their work. So Lord, bless us. Help us to walk in your ways. I pray for the hearts of each one in this place to see what fruit would you have for them to bear for your kingdom? What difference would you have them make? Put that there in their heart right now, Lord. And Lord, let your light shine in our hearts as well. Shine so bright that it, it shines out of us into our world. And your love is shown wherever we go. So Lord, bless each one of us. Help us to walk in your ways. And Lord, help us to, uh, if we're coming down for prayer, help us to receive if we're heading out. Lord, help us to connect with somebody we don't know or encourage somebody that needs some encouragement. Lord, help us to serve you in those ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can come on down for prayer. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Again, say hi to somebody you don't know. Encourage them in the Lord.